0: Now on 960 The Patriot, you're listening to live primary coverage with Chuck Warren and Sam Stone. Brought to you by Breaking
2: Battlegrounds. All right, well, welcome back to Breaking Battlegrounds. We enter hour number four, which is, you know, three hours longer uh, than you and I have ever been on the air here before. So a little bit of an adventure. We're an hour past our bedtime. Somehow we're both still awake. And these
0: county recorders are not keeping up with the numbers for us. So no, they, this, is, this is
2: unbelievably slow. Ugh, again. What
0: can, what can you say about it? You know, let's talk quickly here, Sam, um, as we wait for some more updated numbers. I want to talk about the congressional races. Yes, let's do that. Um, so let's. we've talked about the Senate, but let's talk about these congressional races. So first of all, David Schweikert is at 43.65%. I, I think David's won that.
2: I, I do too. I mean, again, there could be a big swing in Election Day vote, and that would tend to favor, I think, Elijah Norton,
0: But remember, David's endorsed by Trump.
2: Right. So what's interesting here is I think you can add up Elijah Norton and Josh Barnett, who have 55, 56 percent between them, as an anti-Schweikert vote. Right. Absolutely. So if this is one on one, I
0: think David Schweikert is going It's done. I think uh, he's going
2: home. But uh, in a three
0: way, he's going to pull it out. A good friend of ours three weeks ago said he didn't understand why Elijah just didn't start going after Josh. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Uh, because he said that, you know, those are the votes you're wasting. You know, it wasn't going after Josh personally, but it was you're wasting your vote. I've got this lead over Josh. Let's not waste your vote if you really want Schweiker. and,
2: And I think yeah, I didn't pay super close attention, but I think I did see Josh actually going after Elijah some. So he actually kind of understood that more than Elijah and his team did. Absolutely. And then um, in CD2. Uh, uh, let, let's talk about the all-important uh, Democrat. And actually, you know what? Let me, let me back up. Jevin Hodge appears to be the Democrat candidate, young black candidate, uh, who will be running against Schweikert. And that district is now trending its way into a swing
0: district. Yeah, I think it's plus two Republican. Is plus that what it is? Plus two R, yeah. Plus two R. I don't see Schweikert losing that race this cycle. Um, I but, don't either, but but Schweiker's going to have to really change something or... He's a guy who
2: for years blew out every opponent who dared come near him. Um, the scandal that he had you know, in his office, which which I tend to attribute to to him being off doing other things and kind of losing control of his office more than, than his own I- illegal actions... Um, has hurt him it's yeah. hurt him and he's going to have to rebuild from that Pull him on. so uh coming up next and and can talk more about the legislative races especially in depth he's worked the worked Arizona legislative races for years as probably the leading Republican consultant on our our state house and senate races Constantine Carrard uh, is joining us right now Constantine uh Founder and president of Grassroots Partners, they have elected CQ. Tell me if I'm wrong on this. Have you have you helped elect a majority of the Republicans in the Arizona House and
0: Senate?
3: That is correct. Yeah, specialized in...
0: <laughs> in all, all humi- in all humility, you've done it. In no, all, but look, they, in all they humility,
3: shouldn't be humble about that. Give me the guy with eighty bucks in a dream. That's my guy. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody's, nobody's throwing elbows trying to take that business away from me. Um, uh, know, yeah, we do get to work with a lot of good people,
0: Constantine. It looks like the legislature is going to get more conservative. You're
3: welcome. N- yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take your bow, <laughs> so man. Take been your been, bow. Been, well, and obviously credit to the, the candidates and the families. And all the guys are working. This is a you know, we, the big races obviously will get a lot of the attention. They're the TV ads, but the grassroots part of politics is still a very real thing. Um, and you're seeing grassroots victories in a lot of these races because in almost every one of these races, we're going to be outspent, uh, and sometimes it's by a lot. And it's sort of the establishment money that comes in, and it's it's PACs and you know industry groups and chambers and whatever. Um, and they like they like the folks that kind of vote yes on everything, uh, which isn't a surprise. And, and you've got people that are knocking doors, going door to door, talking to their neighbors, making phone calls, phone banking. Um, and so you see Scantlebury beating Pace. You see Barnsworth beating Bowers. You see you know, Michael Carbone beating Joel John. Um, Champ over Osborne. Um, you know, they dumped a ton of money in for Trey Terry in the West Valley. And Montenegro and Austin Smith will went So, I mean, the legislature is definitely taking several steps to the right in a year where hopefully we don't just add quality, but some quantity to
0: What has surprised you about tonight?
3: Um, as far as the, the, the statewide races, I think, I mean, the first drop. I think having, having ropes in as far out in front as she was was a surprise. Uh, having masters and Lehman as close together as they were was a surprise. The Democrat, uh, Secretary of State initial numbers are closer than I would have thought, and the Republican Attorney General race, I think, is still a race, because 20,000 votes is not a lot of votes, and I think Abe Havana had a a pretty rough last week. Um, So, it'll be interesting to see what the walk-ins and the day of votes look like in that race.
0: When you talk about you know generally, your candidates are outspent, right? Based on what we call establishment money, which is, let's say, a political action committee for an industry or things of that nature. How much more when you talk grassroots, what are they doing with grassroots? Is it them and their family personally walking? or is it just they've engaged the activists that they feel like they want to go spend their time in this seat to go recruit their neighbors and vote? what mean what what happens?
3: It is. It's, it's precinct committee men. It's members of other groups. Um, you know, the Scannabury race we had. Uh, there was sort of a sort of Ron Paul offshoot of Young Americans for Liberty, uh, the Make Liberty Win pack. They had boots on the ground. Um, you know, so Scannabury would get to a door and they're like, "Oh, someone's here for you already," and he'd be like the second person at the door because his volunteers had been there or an outside group had been knocked on the door for him. Um, so it is. It's PCs. It's activists. It's people who are. You know, they're involved in politics, and listen, if I want to, if I'm going to put 10 hours into something, I can't swing a governor's race with my 10 hours of time, uh, but I might be able to swing my state house race or my state senate race. And so it, it is nice because in a day where, you know, a lot of folks are spending a lot of money, uh, it's nice to see shoe leather win out. It's nice to see, you know, the small guys win. And in this case, it's happening, it happened all over the state.
0: Constantine, hard work still pays off in politics, doesn't it?
3: It does. It really does. And, you know, it, it, it happens in close races, but some of these ended up as, as kind of blowouts. Now, in fairness, in some of these races, President Trump endorsed as well. So, you know, it was up to us to get the word out, but obviously that's a helpful word to get out in some of the down-ticket races. Ch- Chad, but Ch- and others were...
0: You know, sorry about that. I, I make a point here about that. So we had Chad Haywood on earlier talking about the governor's race, but he said he felt one thing in his view, was that that Trump endorsement for lower-ballot candidates really played a big deal for, for people, more so sometimes in the, the races we all focus on statewide and so forth. Do you, do you buy into that theory?
3: It's true, and it really has to with the fact that it becomes proportionally a huge piece of information. So the average voter doesn't know who's running for statehouse necessarily, or they'll learn two or three things over the course of the final six weeks or something. So if I don't know much... But I know that Donald Trump endorsed somebody. Then that endorsement plays a huge role. Or you know, whoever your big endorsement is, you got GoSo, you got Bigs, you got whatever. So endorsements are oversized. If I'm spending fifteen million dollars on TV, you as a voter know enough about me that you make a decision in your gut. But right. Donald Trump endorsement might factor into it. But if your dad says I'm voting for candidate A and Trump says I've endorsed candidate B, that endorsement is not big enough for you to overrule your own instincts. So the bigger the race, the more the candidates you're spending, the more familiar the voters are with the candidates, the less important the endorsement becomes. If you're down the ticket and like I said, you got eighty bucks in a dream, um, you know, then all of a sudden a Trump endorsement is a huge piece of information to be able to give voters.
2: Yeah, it's, it plays a lot bigger in those races where people don't know who the candidates are, and I think you saw that with the AG's race. You're seeing that with a lot of these other races. Uh, the public, frankly, just doesn't tune in to politics all of the much, at least not nearly as much as those of us in the business seem to think they do.
3: Until right at the end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, if then, they'll, then they'll jump online and do some research.
0: So if you are the general consultant tonight for Carrie Lake or Abe or Rodney Glassman or Karen Taylor Robson, what would you be look what would you be telling your staff to be looking for in the next 24 48 hours?
3: Well, <laughs> i would be looking for a lot of missing county recorders <laughs> cuz we need some day of numbers here. I mean, and that's the challenge is we don't have we don't really have a day of trend that we can compare to the early votes. So the day of trend will tell us, obviously, not just what happened today, but it gives us an idea of the late breaking. So all the ballots that were dropped off today may be similar to today's in-person votes. Really, the ballots can last two or three days. So if you're Glassman, you want to see how you did on day of, because if you win day of and you start to close that gap, you know, then you're excited. Um, pretty much for all you do, if you're Robeson and you're ahead on early ballots and then you win day of, you know, then you're probably feeling pretty good. Because there's no trend anywhere that's working against you, so I think the first thing they're all waiting for is to see what happened today, um, so that they can they can kind of ascertain whether or not they're they have momentum and they need to be gearing up for the next you know three four days of counts.
0: How many more drops do you expect us to see tonight?
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, usually they will continue to drop until they're basically. All done with election day votes. Like they may stop at like ninety-eight percent of precincts reported because they're having a technical problem with a machine or two, but usually you don't. St- you wouldn't stop on election night, you know, at forty percent of precincts or sixty percent of You you've you're done. You've closed up your precinct. You you roll the machine up. It goes down to county recorder's office. You basically pull the pull the card out with the votes on it. You put it into your system and you're done. Um, so I don't know why that's taking so long. But there'd be no reason for that to drag into a second day. So we should continue to get drops tonight from various counties, really, until they're almost done or done.
0: Well, they said right now, I'm looking at the Secretary of State site, um, and they said that precincts reporting 71 percent. As of right now, that's what it says on there.
2: So those are your early ballots that came in before Friday, right? right, or through Friday. Through Friday. And then those are your day of... I went into the polls and voted at the polls. Obviously, as Stephen Richer, Maricopa County recorder, said this does not include the people who walked in, like I did yesterday, and dropped my early ballot in there. So, uh, how many of those are out there? That's a big question. And right now, Kerry Lake needs an awful lot of those out there if she's going to have a chance.
3: Yeah, we don't, uh, we'll know numbers probably by tomorrow in terms of how many are left out there. I had heard something like a 100 and You know, hundred thousand ballots cast today, or hundred and thirty thousand ballots today, and another hundred and fifty still to be counted, or something. But uh, we we're kind of guessing at numbers until they tell us. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: Because
3: they don't really know. I mean, they're just they're literally collecting bins of ballots from all these polling places. They're guessing too.
2: Constantine Carrad, thank you so much. Breaking battlegrounds. Come back in just a moment.
0: Now, back to Chuck Warren and Sam Stone with your live primary election coverage, brought to you by Breaking Battlegrounds.
2: Welcome back, and thank you if you stuck with us through three and a half hours almost so far tonight. We've got about 40 minutes left before we're off air. No updates. No. These updates are very slow. We have had one update uh, basically since we got on the air to the overall numbers. It's tightened up a little bit in the governor's ranks. Karen Taylor now at... 48.03 48.03 percent, Kerry Lake at 41.79. Uh, the other races appear to be holding fairly close to what they were in the first drop. And we're getting near the point where all that's going to be left are ballots that were dropped off at the polling locations over the weekend, Monday or today. Those could be a very significant number. But we have no idea, as as Constantine Carrard was saying, and he is uh, back and joining us for a second segment. CQ, thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, we have no idea how many of those are out there.
3: No, we don't. And we don't, uh, and we can't say for sure how they're going to break. We we always expect them to break kind of similar to Election Day numbers, because these are people that decided kind of right at the end. Uh, but that's, that's an imperfect guess. Um, you know, the... The day of voters, you know, Carrie Lake is winning those. Um, but how many are those? You know, we, we assume she would do well with day of voters because frankly, if you're somebody who you don't trust the mail and you don't trust the machines and you don't trust whatever, you're going to walk that ballot in with your own hands and and put it in there. You're probably more likely to be a Lake voter. Yeah. Um, correct. But if you're just somebody who got your ballot in kind of at the end of those last two or three days, eh, that may not apply to you. So, um, the governor's race is not over, but it could be. It you could you be may be a procrastinator.
0: Well, let's put it this way yeah. about the let's put it this let's put it this way about the governor's race. It may not be over. I don't think it's over yet. But not many people saw Karen still up by well, eight no, nobody.
2: Nobody. I mean, they can take credit for you know the the one Emerson poll which showed her up by like one, but nobody has called this race correctly if it ends up looking anything like this.
0: No, they really missed something.
2: I, I tend to think and that's... Beyond,
3: and beyond that, if she was if she was ahead on early ballot, that would suggest she's been ahead much of the time, in which case everybody's polls missed it.
0: Right. Constantine, as you talk to people, look, you're like me. So the one thing I've noticed the past 10 days, and we're probably, the three of us in this category, yet yeah, people call, right? Now, because I was not affiliated with a... A gubernatorial campaign I was so people probably call that so who are you voting for versus Sam they just knew right if they knew you they knew who to vote for right they
2: asked me for a lot of races not the governor's race yes yes yeah. yes yes
0: but it was amazing <laughs> I, I I think I had between 25 30 people last 10 days call me and they you know just said you know and they were asking pretty much for AGs. what I got and I said well who'd you vote for others and they're just like you yeah, know I decided to go with Karen and it wasn't like hell yeah Karen it was just like mm-hmm, I decided to go with Karen and there was a myriad of reasons. Uh, but as I was telling a, a donor this morning, I, I didn't know what that meant. But apparently it meant a little something.
3: Yeah, your, your anecdotal and your sample size isn't large enough to, to count as your own poll. But no. it turns out your poll was more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Chuck Warren That's 25, really 30 a people
0: order. sample is, a, is the great, great poll here.
3: If you want to know who's going to win, ask Chuck the day before. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. But it, well. Yeah, and like it, I guess it doesn't matter how you get the vote, if they're if they're coming through because they're just not sure of your opponent or because they love you, the vote counts the same. Um, and, you know, if, depending on how the race work, works out, we could have some, some pretty good working theories as to why it worked out the way it did. Um, I think, you know, Lake was the front runner for a long time and never really altered the message in a way that would broaden her appeal, which I always thought was kind of a missed opportunity because when you're ahead by that much, your base loves you but they're going to love you even if you talk about something else. Like, you know, so did, did she miss you're, an opportunity you're, to You're speaking. You're Bates? speaking to
2: a, cry, a choir of one right now, CQ. <laughs> I'm just here shaking my head.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, at least in, in, in that you agree or that? No, that I agree. Correct, I agree 100%. He, agree, he agrees yeah. with you. Okay. No, no, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of the the missed opportunity. Um, but listen, I mean, you you know, it's really the Monday morning quarterback, these people, you um, They've, both sides ran good race. I mean, there's a reason it's a close race. It's a tough race. One side had money, but started kind of from zero. The other started with certain advantages, but was getting crushed financially. Um, so in that, in that regard, it was kind of a fair fight. Um, it's going to end up close. And what's important is that at the end of the day, you know, folks, folks come together and, and remember that November is the real battle because there is always that danger where like a lake will win and, the media are like, well, I guess that means, you know, on Wednesday morning at 11 a.m., i got to Jim Colby, Jeff Flake. We need to stand with for decency and vote Democrat, you know, press conference. Um, so, you know, we we got to make sure that we keep folks, folks yeah, united I, no matter how they're standing.
2: CQ, thank you for saying that, because I, I want to add my voice to that also. Look, uh, Karen Taylor Robeson obviously was not my first choice in this primary because I was working with Kerry Lake, but at the end of the day, I will have not one second of hesitation in pulling the trigger for Karen Taylor Robson in November over Katie Hobbs. And, well, And I'm pretty eager to do so. And,
0: and fairness to Karen, too, when she was asked if she lost, if she support Kerry, she, without hesitation, said yes. Yes, she did. Well, she took a lot of crap from Lori Roberts and, you know, the the cabal of the Arizona Republic. Well, who want Democrats to win. <laughs> yeah, they just don't want to admit but, it. You know, but, the, you know, I mean, she goes and says that. Then there's a whole column about what an awful human being is, Karen is, and what a hypocrite. Right? <laughs> and... You know, I mean, one thing you can say about Karen, you know, is, I mean, she knows the difference between Democrat policy and Republican policy and what it means for the state.
2: Yes. For now, sure. Yeah. No, look, Karen Taylor is not going to push the bounds of conservatism. I mean, you know, that's that's not who she is, but she is going to be a much more conservative alternative than anyone the Democrats have ever elected anywhere in this state, period.
3: And the good news is whoever ends up governor, we've given them what looks to be a much improved legislature
2: hugely improved so legislature. That yeah. That will
3: that will also make a really big difference in policy because we've got like some, some good some good conservatives with some real backbone who will who will do us right. So, whoever the governor is, you know, they're they will not be ruling by fiat.
2: CQ, we were talking earlier about the Rusty Bowers race and one of the things that I posited and Chuck uh, you know, kind of seconded here was that it, his loss may not be about January, you know, January 6th and the elections and all this stuff, but the spotlight that got put on him because of the elections issues brought up the fact that he's had a lot of other votes that are out of line with Republicans. And I think it's that that got him as much as anything else. Do, do you disagree, or what do you see in that?
3: No, Absolutely, for sure. Um, I, I think he knew he was out of touch. I think as a speaker he basically checked out you know, a year ago, I think he's been, I think he decided the last second hand hey, might as well run. Uh, but he was pushing bills that, you know, his district disliked, his church disliked, his constituents disliked, his, his caucus disliked. Um, and I think at the end he just decided, you know what, I'm not going to get run off. I'm going to go ahead and run anyway. Um, but, you know, the January 6th stuff, I mean, that was, I, that was almost an exercise in vanity, I think, for him. It was his his chance to kind of make himself a martyr. Um, but he wasn't losing because of Trump. He wasn't losing because of January 6th. He had simply left his his district behind ideologically. So, I mean, folks, I mean, Farnsworth got into that race a long time ago to make sure that Rusty knew not to even bother to run for the Senate. You know, Farnsworth didn't want to come back to, to office necessarily. He stepped forward just because he was called to say, "Hey, someone's got to make sure he knows it's over." Yep. <laughs> so he, he stepped up and ended up having to run the race anyway because now he's tried, But and uh, it's he, over. You are correct. That was yeah. <laughs> and it, it is it is officially over. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yep. Breaking battlegrounds coming back in just a moment.
0: You deserve a home that's beautiful and stylish. At Overstock, you don't have to choose between
2: low prices and quality. Find new on-trend home goods that reflect your taste and don't compromise on value. You can be proud of your home and design a space where you feel like you, all under budget. Plus, you get free shipping on everything in the continental United States. Overstock is where quality furniture and decor costs less.
0: Now, back to Chuck Warren and Sam Stone with your live primary election coverage Brought to you by Breaking Battlegrounds. All right, so
2: Chuck, a little bit of breaking news right now. I'm being told that there are as many as two hundred and fifty thousand ballots still to be counted in Maricopa County. Now, those would be people who dropped their ballots off at the polls over the last four days. That is a huge number. This is almost equivalent to the you know, the number that have been counted so far. Kerry Lake right now is down by about thirty-two thousand votes uh 48 to 42 if she gets 60% of those in Maricopa County if there's 250,000 she gets 60% she would get 150,000 to 100,000
0: that would push her into the lead so here's what just happened so um they just updated it um and it has um Karen Taylor Robson at 48% with 168,769 votes Kerry Lake at 42% with 148,825 votes. So that is, you know, um, only 20,000 vote difference in Maricopa County. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, this is this, this, not over. No, this, this is not this, over. This may go a couple days. Um, yeah, it, and, yeah, look, just I no, one, of no it. one should be declaring victory
2: tonight. Uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens tomorrow. This mm-hmm. may take a few days. This is sort of a nightmare scenario in many ways. If you're Stephen Richer, I think he's gonna have a, a few days where he just needs so, to stay for off example, of social media. But Blake
0: Masters is um increased he's gone from thirty-seven to layman twenty-nine now. So he's gone up eight. He was at four five. Right. And, and so now he's election day up. is pushing him up a little yeah, bit further. Yeah, and um looks like the you know, Schweikert still has a nine point lead over Elijah. Again, um, you know, you had fifty four Fifty uh, was a fifty-seven percent vote against David Schweikert. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think he's going to pull it out. Well, he is, but there's some problems they got to somehow figure out to fix for this general election. Well, I,
2: and I'll say this: we had you know, Congressman Schweikert in here in the studio, and and he's a, a very bright guy, and he, you know, a, a policy nerd, which warms my heart. Um, but I got to tell you, I think that guy really needs to get in the trenches again. In a way, he probably hasn't in a decade now and reconnect with voters or there's going to be maybe not be this cycle, not to a Democrat. But he's in trouble at some
0: point unless he really solves that relationship again. 100%. I am. I'm trying to look and see if there's any updates on the state site because we just got. You know, Maricopa download. Um, there is a
2: little bit of an update on the state site. Uh, you know, Blake Masters, 35.62%. Jim Lehman, 3019
0: Oh, Finchman's really increasing his lead. He's now 11 point over Bo Lane. Um, yeah, I mean, that one's over. Yeah, yeah. That
2: one's over. You can declare Mark Fincham the winner. Uh, and frankly, look, for all the people wondering about him and the election stuff, the guy is a, is a cop. He's going to follow the law. He is going right. to be a perfectly excellent secretary of state for
0: for Republicans and everybody. What's amazing about this governor's race as well is you still had 10 percent of the Republican voters <laughs> cast a vote either for Matt Salmon, who dropped out. Is it a month now? Yeah, about a month ago. A month ago. Scott Neely at 3.5 percent and Paulo Z. Paulo Z at the 2. cookie monster. I mean, it's 10%. Well, I think there's always... But is that the middle finger voter, just like I, I don't that, like any I, of you?
2: I think that is partially that. But the, look, the other part of that is there's been a lot of retail campaigning in this. Karen Robson hasn't done a ton of retail right. campaigning, but the others all have. And at the end of the day, if you're going around and shaking a million hands around the state, you're going to find a few thousand people who like you. Do you think the AG surprise
0: tonight at all? It doesn't surprise me particularly. Well, me either. But do you think he surprised when he started this a year ago that this is how this would turn out? I should be. He should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mark Brnovich's result,
2: not good. He's a bad campaigner. And, you know, frankly, uh, he never laid out an agenda that that would attract voters what you know what does he stand for what's he going to do in the senate i have no idea and i'm about as close a political observer as you can find
0: well i know when aaron was running arizona debates and trying to get him on debates he just wouldn't even accept those i mean he just seemed to avoid any opportunity to go and define himself he, and he never agenda. you know i mean he, there
2: were lanes he could have run in in this election and he didn't run in any of them it was just an unfocused campaign uh, we have about one minute before we get a break, and then we're coming back. We have a clip we want to play. This will be our final segment, the last 15 minutes of the program. Folks, if you've stuck with us all night, thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned and follow us. Our show is growing. I, I'm, I'm probably not supposed to say this, but I think last month we actually uh, clocked in as the number one weekend show in Phoenix. Um, you know, we're, The show has been growing by leaps and bounds. We're adding markets. And we are really looking forward to the next phase for Breaking Battlegrounds. I know you and I are excited about that. So, folks, follow us. Uh, You can find us anywhere there's podcasts. Tune in on Saturdays or get on our Twitter, breaking underscore battle, and get all the good stuff that way.
0: We'll be right back. Now, back to Chuck Warren and Sam Stone with your live primary election coverage brought to you by Breaking Battlegrounds. All
2: right, welcome back. To the final segment of the night with the Breaking Battlegrounds team. Thank you all so much for joining us this evening. Uh, Chuck, I know you have a clip to play, but of course, the biggest breaking news of the night before we go to that is that uh, Claire Van Steenhoek has lost his one millionth and one race. <laughs> To Frank Carroll for the state senator representative, district number 28. I think he has run in every, every every cycle since I have lived
0: in Arizona, which is 30 years now. Well, there are other races to always run for. So um, let's play the clip. This following clip's from Modern Family, and it's about when they're doing debate preparation for Claire, who is the matriarch of the Dunphy family, and she was running for city council. And the family decided to do some debate prep with her. Go ahead, Jeremy.
1: Welcome, candidates, Mrs. Dunphy. Thank you for having me. And Councilman Bailey.
0: Gosh, thank you so much, Alex. I'm deeply honored to be here, and I remain, as ever, a humble servant to the greatest
1: little town and the greatest darn... Eye rolling. Playful eye rolling. Uh, how do we, as voters, know it's playful? I would avoid it. Okay, new no eye rolling. And don't purse your lips like that. It makes you look annoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't touch your face. Yeah, no face touching. Seems nervous. Some of this is subjective. <laughs> what? What now? Anger. It looks like you're scolding us. I will keep my hands at my sides.
3: Not on your hips. You're not Superman.
1: <sighs> Can we get started? We haven't started? I've prepared some questions. Oh, goody. Actual questions.
3: Honk. Sarcasm.
1: Just go. Okay, Mrs. Dunphy, why are you running for local office? Okay, that's um, that's good. I, um... Mom, you really shouldn't set her over a basic question like that. You should at least know why you're running. I thought the moderator was supposed to be objective. Not if she's the only one in the room who has actual debate experience. Now, why are you running? I saw the need for a stop sign. Liar! Phil!
2: I I just think you should be ready for anything.
1: I saw the need for... (laughs) What? Sorry, accidental buzz. I saw the need for a stop sign in my neighborhood, and although I collected the necessary signatures and did the paperwork, I found local government to be entirely unhelpful. When what? Too long. I'm bored. Yeah, next question. I feel like I'm in school. Some say the political system is bogged down by ideological hardliners Mm -hmm. unwilling to compromise. Mm -hmm. How would you respond Mm -hmm. to that, Councilman Bailey?
0: I would like to use my lifeline.
1: I'll take this. If elected, I would consider all perspectives and I would not ignore opposing viewpoints.
0: Helicopter, just keep going. I,
1: I would consider all perspectives and I wouldn't ignore you opposing. Ob- Luke! You have to be ready for hecklers. He's right. Mm. Okay, I'm doing over. No buzzing. If elected, I. W- mm. What?
0: Too close to the mic.
1: It's a hairbrush. Okay. If elected, I would consider all opinions and not ignore those of the opposition as councilman Bailey has done for six terms. What? That was a great answer. Oh, well, I couldn't hear it because you were showing me the bad side of your face. I have a bad side. Yeah, hey, the left.
3: No, it's the right.
1: Uh, Dad, it's totally the left. I mean, look at it.
3: Sweetheart, why do you think I chose my side of the bed?
1: Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, family. This has been super duper helpful. Hands, lips, sarcasm, eye rolling, wrong side of the face. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. Now I see it.
2: Well, ready. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud that we, we actually have debates now that sound like this. You don't you don't even need to be practicing think, in your living room with your family. You can get this in public on PBS.
0: I think the one thing that as we go and have these election results and election nights that we forget is that all of these people have put their name on the line. Yes. They've spent time. They've sacrificed. They've missed family things. They miss playing the drums. They just missed a lot <laughs> of things, and um, they don't get enough credit for it, right? No. And we we can sit here in, in a studio and talk about this nonchalantly, but this would be very personal for them and their family and well, key it, supporters. It is,
2: and, and let me say this. You know, I try to be as objective as I can be on this program because I, I think we owe that to the viewers. That's kind of our, our shtick, Chuck, Right? is to, to be fair and to be honest – even when it's not things that we want to say. And I want to say this. I want to thank Carrie Lake for the opportunity to have worked with her for over a year now to get to this point. Whatever happens tonight and tomorrow, the next few days, because you talk about work. She has worked harder for a year than any candidate I have ever seen. This is now my 14th year in this business. You've been doing it longer. But she just went a year where she did not go 24 hours without doing multiple appearances.
0: Well, she she I mean she has worked so hard. I mean, hardest working woman in show business this year.
2: Yeah, no no question at all. She was everywhere in this state over and over again. She's been in all the rooms, she's shaking the hands. You know, she ran up against an opponent who had a huge amount of money to spend, more than has ever been spent in the history of Arizona, but who also worked very
0: hard for this i you know i'm and karen, I and, and karen has worked hard for the state yeah for, and that's for the, a long time and i and people miss that a lot well
2: you know one of the things and, and we had chad haywood on from camelback strategies who's you know her campaign consultants uh, and i don't want to i don't want to step on chad's toes so chad i apologize but i'm going to do that anyway um karen taylor has done more fundraising for more charities in the state of Arizona than, than anyone I'm aware of for decades. She has been one of the people that has led the way for any number of really valuable local civic institutions. And if I had been running her campaign, the very first ad I would have come out with is people who have benefited from all that work she's done over all those years, and there's a lot of them. And even not advertising that, that's a lot of people who know her and 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 support her because they've had that personal experience
0: well you and I got to know Karen working with Joe Foss and passing civics education initiatives and legislation throughout various states so um win or lose tonight I hope both women will stay involved in our community in our state because they both have a role yeah, absolutely. And so um,
2: yeah, the, the worst thing that could happen is either side to have such hurt feelings that they try to pick up their ball and go home because this is a team sport. And look,
0: Katie Hobbs is a nightmare. Oh, she cannot win. Garrett Archer um, just put a tweet out um, five minutes ago that Maricopa County had dumped another 28,653 mm-hmm. ballots. Carrie Lake, 64.6 percent. Karen Robson, 30.1 percent. And Robson now leads by twenty-one thousand three fifty-one. So, folks, yeah, you'll go to bed. This may switch in the morning. This this will be different.
2: Yeah, no, th- this race. I still think Kerry has a very good chance to pull this off, and obviously, I'm rooting for. Um, you know, but but I do want to put that out there that uh, this has been a very tough battle against you know a, a large field. Matt Salmon is a very legitimate contender and a, you know, a legitimate gubernatorial candidate in, in you know, he got pushed by the wayside, but he still deserves a lot of credit for his work in this race. Scott Neely, uh, Paula Z, uh, Tugliani Zen uh, Paula, please, ap- I, I, when I say you're the cookie monster, I really do not mean that in a bad way. <laughs> I, I apologize. I, I hope that doesn't come off bad because actually she is like the sweetest woman on the planet. A truly, truly decent human
0: who has shown that throughout this campaign. Maricopa, seven minutes ago, Maricopa County is 90 percent done with Election Day ballots. With Election Day ballots. Yeah, Election Day ballots. So, um, yeah, so... Um, Folks, um, we hope you'll keep paying attention. You'll have probably more clear results tomorrow. I think we can say of a surety that Blake Masters is the Republican nominee for Senate. And congratulations to Blake. Um, Mark Fincham, Secretary of State. Absolutely. He is almost certain to be the nominee.
2: Congratulations to Mark.
0: Um, Abe is going to be, it looks like, the Attorney General nominee. And so the really only questionable race we have tonight is for governor.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Kimberly Yee has uh, secured the nomination again as state treasurer. No doubt about that one. She's running away. Tom Horn uh, with a very good margin in the superintendent of public instructions race. Uh, He's at forty two point five nine. Shiri Sapir at thirty point seven one. Look, that's an important race, too. Right. The, The Kathy Hoffman. Uh, is an activist uh, who has really driven the Department of Education in a very, very leftist direction at a time when that is not what people in the community want to see. And so that's an important race for this, this next cycle. Absolutely. Um, likewise, the Corporation Commission, uh, Kevin Thompson, Nicholas Nick Myers, uh, leading there over Kim Owens on the Republican side, the Democrats with Sandra Kennedy and Lauren Kuby, to radical sort of Green New Deal types, um, that battle is going to be critical. It's going to be absolutely critical, folks. If you like low-cost, reliable energy and you don't want to have brownouts in the middle of our 120-degree summers here, you better darn
0: well be voting Republican in November there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just seems like such a boring thing to vote for, but it, 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 has, it has the most fundamental direct pros and cons in your life yeah corporation commission sounds like a
2: snooze but the fact is i mean try sleeping when it's 120 and the ac doesn't work (laughs) don't sleep well that's the problem no No. i look i think we if we get to the point of rolling brownouts here in the middle of our summer heat the green new deal is going to get thrown out the window at the end of pitchforks right exactly yeah so that's that's a big race a lot of others coming down as cq said We're going to have what looks to be a more conservative uh, state legislature, not going to have maybe some of the defections that have limited the Republican agenda the last few years.
0: Do we um, do we pick up a seat or two in the majority in the House and Senate? I think think we do.
2: I think we do. And and I think we pick up at least one of these congressional seats. We haven't talked enough probably about that tonight, Um, you know, but. Uh, These congressional races, obviously critically important. We've talked about David Schweikert quite a bit. Uh, Eli Crane uh, beating Walt Blackman uh, for the CD2 nomination. Uh, Mark Deluzio coming in third there. Andy Yates fourth. John Moore fifth. I won't keep going down. That's an unbelievably long list of people. Uh, So they'll be running to take on Tom O'Halloran, who I actually think might have a better chance if he had run for governor. Absolutely. Then he does running for the district that he's an incumbent in because that district has shifted quite a bit with
0: redistricting. Absolutely. And you know, Juan so Yes. Down in um you um C D six. I really think that's a pickup opportunity. Well, it certainly should be. Is Siscomani
2: really blowing out that field forty-six point five three percent? Brandon Martin in second, twenty-one percent, Kathleen Wynn in third, seventeen um, look, Juan, I've known for years. Uh, Juan and his his wife Laura are are phenomenal people. I have always said, and Juan, I apologize that this is true to this day that Laura would make a far better candidate than Juan. He probably would not disagree with you. No, he doesn't. Yeah, you know, but but hey, look, we all have pride, right? Uh, but but at the end of the day, I think that is absolutely, as you said, a real opportunity to pick up that seat. That's going to be an open seat. Uh, the Democrat Christine Engel uh, appears, Kirsten Engel appears to be winning that over Daniel Hernandez. Uh, Engel is the the more radical liberal. They're they're putting you know, they're putting the progressive extremist forward. Right. And I think that's a real opportunity for a pickup. Um, you know, and Andy Biggs obviously heading back to Congress. There was never any doubt about that. Um, But uh, one other race that is is worth noting we've touched in on, Kelly Cooper, 29.57%, Tanya Wheelis at 24.63%. Not a whole lot of votes cast in that race. No, it's it's disappointing. I'm getting the sense a lot of people filled out the top two lines on the ballot and stopped right there.
0: Yeah, and I think part of that is because the top two offices – Sucked all the air out of the room with their spending and their campaigning and everybody's like, I don't know who they are. This is another race, by the way, where Tanya and Kelly have traded a lot of blows
2: in the last couple of weeks and probably should have been targeting fire on Dave Giles and Renee Lopez and the, the others that were siphoning off those votes. Folks, we have just about 30 seconds before we are... Uh, done for the evening. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Follow us at on Twitter, breaking underscore battle. You can download our podcast, including this entire uh, night's broadcast, available on anywhere you can find podcast, Apple Podcasts, all the all the good stuff there. Chuck, final word.
0: How many days do you think do we know who wins? Who's governor? The three. governor nominee. Three. three.
2: My over under is three. Friday. Friday.
0: Okay. All right, folks. That's get
2: it. To, get to bed. Good night. Tune in Saturday, 3 p.m. You deserve a home that's beautiful and stylish. At Overstock, you don't have to choose between low prices and quality. Find new on-trend home goods that reflect your taste and don't compromise on value. You can be proud of your home and design a space where you feel like you. All under budget. Plus, you get free shipping on everything in the continental United States. Overstock is where quality furniture and decor costs less.